There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to The Mentor, I'm Mark Boris. Raquel Boris. Hi. Adam Boris. Yes. Welcome to The Mentor. Thank you. Thanks for having us. I guess we have to clear the S right up. (laughs) Boris, who's married to Raquel, um, (laughs) is my father's older, one of his older brother's grandson. Yep. We're cousins. That's the deal. I'm making an early declaration. And uh, so if, if I seem like I'm being really favorable to these two guys and bad fucking life, because it's, it's the case. Now, you guys got two kids, mm-hmm. so you're a busy mom. How old are your kids? Uh, George is four and a half and Pippa is nearly two. That's a, that's a bit of a handful. Like, how do you manage that? Um, people always hate me when I say this, but I feel like it's not the hardest part of our day. <laughs> like, we're very lucky. We put both both kids are in kindy. They've both been in kindy since three months old. That's so like preschool. we're those parents. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like. Um, but I decided to work. I, you know, I wanted to be a career woman, um, and we have amazing help from Adam's mum, Narelle. I guess you could say yep. she's our unpaid full time nanny. <laughs> um, yeah. And I don't know. We juggle it. We our office is right near home, so we don't. It's not like we're traveling an hour into the city. I think that makes a big difference. And they're good kids. So you guys still live in Northern Shire? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And is Narelle still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, five so, minutes from us. Oh, five minutes. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. And you chose to. Lead a businesswoman's life, mm. which is fine. How does that discussion go between you and Adam? Like Adam comes from a, a Greek background um, and the tradition is the woman stays home and <laughs> does that. Mind you, we're living in a modern world. I think my memory is that there was no discussion. I think he knew who he was marrying. Um, and when I had George... I, who was Elijah wasn't a thing back then, or it was very early days. And I was working as an executive assistant for four executives. So a CEO, CFO, and two other directors of a like big hotel company. So you're looking after the C-suite people? Yes. Something happened. I won't say it on podcasts, but something happened. Some people had to leave. And I was the only other person in the company that could do payroll and certain other things. And I just had George four weeks ago, I said that I would go back to work. And I think it was 10, George was 10 weeks old. And so that was it. I just was back at work and there was no point in me going and then going back on maternity leave. So I just stayed at work. And then along the that way, I started really working on who was Elijah. But it wasn't really a discussion. It just sort of happened. Because I get quite intrigued by, I mean, having a baby is a big deal mm. um, in the physical sense and probably an emotional sense too. I've had four kids and I know what my wives mm. <laughs> went through and the mums uh, and the, the ability to go back to work one month later or even 
several months later mm. would have been very difficult, both emotionally letting go of the kid and also physically just being able to do it, In mm. a, especially if it's a demanding job. Where do you get your strength from? And like, where's that come from? Well, I had George at 25, so I think my body was young. I Still recovered young. quite quickly. I did have a cesarean, but... I don't know. It, I could have mm. a cesarean every week. Every week, I thought it was actually quite easy. <laughs> Is it? I don't. I was didn't Sounds even. Sounds hectic to me, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. I think hectic. Adam will vouch for me. Like I didn't take the heavy pain meds. Mm. I was just taking Panadol. I think it was just maybe my youth that allowed my body to recover quickly. There was definitely tears leaving George like apart because he was not long ago inside my body. I don't know. I've just always loved working. I hate relying on anyone, um, would never rely on a man, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, even though Adam would definitely let me do that. But I've just always been very independent. Yeah, so independence is, is a key thing for you. Yeah. As a woman, is it about achieving or is it about just being independent? I think it's a bit of both. I think I've always said to, like, said to Adam, this might sound a bit lame, but I'll say it. Like, mm. I always wanted to, like, conquer a man's world as a woman. You know, my before who was Elijah, I wanted to, you know, beat these men that I, you know, were working under and become a C-suite executive of a big company. And, you know, I was doing their jobs alongside them, so I knew I could do it. I, you know, maybe just the, a different gender and a different age, I just always thought I could do it. That's very interesting, you know. Mm. Mm, I think interesting when, because I can relive when we were going through that, that Rico went from one really great company um, to the next and she had this like drive that she just wanted to keep elevating her career. And this was long before he was Elijah, but she had this drive in her that she was here for a little bit. Now that's not good enough for me. I want new salary. I want new challenges. I don't care where it is. I'm going after it. And when we had George, she had, just been at um, Crystal Brook for a little while and it was she was right in the thick of growing her next ambition. Mm-hmm. So her staying home for, you know, six months was just never going to be on the cards. So she, when the call came in for her to go back to work, she just looked at me. I'm like, absolutely, like, go. We'll figure it out. Just go and do it because I know how important it is to you and I would rather you go and be fulfilled in that world. We'll figure out how to work out with the kids, mums around the corner. Just go and we'll just figure it out. Well, that, that, that's a dynamic I, I wouldn't mind just talking about for a little bit. Are you guys around, around this? You're a bit older. A little yeah, bit, yeah, yeah. I'm 34. Raquel's 29. 29. Okay, so I'm just interested in the dynamic. Um, did at any stage, you know, and we, all of us, us Boris, we all come from conservative families like our parents and and grandparents are all Greeks, you know, they go get a job, don't have to yeah. leave your job, pay your mortgage off, mm-hmm. go get a second job, an additional yeah. job, you know, go clean windows, do whatever you got to do mm. to pay the mortgage down and don't do anything crazy, you know, just yep. chill. Yep. You know, like uh, one step after the other. Has that ever bled into your psyche out of about, about saying to the recall, oh, hang on a minute, wait a minute, like uh, it's a bit risky. You know, the way that we were brought up, and you would have been brought up was, as you said, we go to we go to school, we go get a job, we work hard, you go get a mortgage. No offense to mortgages, you're a mortgage broker. <laughs> go, go, <laughs> and get, go and get it, go and get a mortgage, pay it off for the next thirty years, and you know, find your happiness inside that. Yeah. And that's just that's about as good as it gets. Yeah. And I got to an age at about twenty three where I was like, you know what? I just don't think that's the way that it should be. I started to see some Social media kicked off. I was like an early follower of Gary Vee and some of these big guys in America. And I'm like, why are they saying that you can live this way if we've been told forever that this way is the right way? 
So I'm just going to go down that path. And this explore. way being the, the, the new way. The being, new way of, of setting up a business. Setting up a business, having dreams and going after you know, big things that you wouldn't normally think you could achieve if you weren't around people that had achieved those things. And when Raquel was in the situation going back to work and I could just feel that I was a bit older, so I'd been four or five years into my own business at the time. Four or five years at that age is quite a lot. Yeah. It's a a lot of experience Mm. relative to, say, the experience that you might have had at that stage. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. So I was in a different business at the time, really trying to push it hard. And it's just that ambition of wanting to go to the next level all the time and push away from these, what my parents told me I had to become or should become and what was a good outcome of a good life. Once I decided that I wasn't going to go down there, I was full steam ahead this way at the let's go build a business and build wealth and build a life that is amazing. Let's go and do that. Then we came into hanging out and her drive was equal to mine and we just we just kept going just was like we just were meant to be as driven together as we are if we were one was the other way it would be very different so so you don't think that having that um so yin and yang characteristics would have worked for you both it's better that you both think the same way you're both Mm. chasing the same sort of dreams yeah so to speak is is more powerful than for example saying adam being more a balance for what Raquel might be. Mm. You think that works as well for you guys? Yeah, much I think better. it works for us a hundred percent. Like I think we have yin and yang in the, in the workspace, um, and in different in skills, skills yeah, yeah. in different things that we are good at. But in life, I think you have to have the same direction. Otherwise, at some point, somewhere down the line, you're going to want to peel off from. You're going to want to pull the other one to where you are, and if they're not in the same space as you, then probably going to find conflict and it's not going to work where we don't have like goals written down together that's like we have to do this we just are in tuned with let's build the biggest fucking business we can so we do it together (laughs) we met at norley's on a sunday yeah because because i'm fascinated when two people together Mm. who you know they're partners become partners in business how you maintain the relationship i always tell people i'm definitely like the man of not the man of relationship but like the he's just so patient he's so like maternal and just so gentle i'm like the erratic can maybe sometimes be an asshole um and has a very short temper at times mm. um but in terms of like our dynamic we're so good working together we never fight i don't i couldn't even mm. tell you the last time we even had a little disagreement no. but it's because he's so patient if it, we were both like me we'd rip each other's heads off yeah but he just gets Or me. if you're both like him, nothing would happen. Yes, exactly. Exactly, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I guess like our personalities are very like aligned, yeah, I, I guess I, is a good I word. I think like we've said it a few times before that if we weren't husband and wife mm. in the same business, I think we would struggle because of the early days of a business and how hard it can be. If she was coming home, you know, stressed on a laptop, computers, everything, and just pulling a hair out of the problems that I didn't know about and I've got the kids screaming in different days. And your job? And, and you've got a job you got to And I would have a job with the same problems and stuff and we would want to try to come together and, and hang out but it just wouldn't happen. I just feel like that would have gotten really old really quickly mm. and the fact that we are together in this and we know the problems. I know if something's wrong in the business because we, we're there every day. If she needs to go and be on a laptop for two hours at, at night, go for it. I've got the kids. It's sorted. Don't worry about it. Um, so I think 
being in the business has strengthened our relationship. That's be- interesting. Because mm-hmm. we can we can manage each other's emotions day to day because we know exactly what's going on. Because you know what the tasks are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you blend the family tasks and the business tasks. Together. So it's not like um, Adam's like going, well, fuck this. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're working on your thing and here I am minding the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. when you mind the kids, you're actually getting a benefit out of it because you're in the business. That's right. Yeah. And th- that's just another task. Yeah, that that's has to be right. completed. Yeah. And, and you're the best place person at the time at the to time. do that particular task. Yeah. And that makes sense. That's right. And there's times where I need to go and, you know, deal with the team and all this stuff and she'll just go and sort the stuff out. Whatever needs to be fixed at home or done at home, go, I've got to deal with this. So That's probably why we don't fight about it. Like now thinking about it, it's like it goes without saying almost because we both know what's going on. We know who needs to deal with a problem and then the other person just deals with the kids or we call Narelle. (laughs) Yeah. And and what about about time out or is it just no time to do anything outside of business? I'm so bad at this. Like I'm – probably 99.9% thinking about who is Elijah. It's really bad, but I love it. I, to me, it doesn't seem bad, but to others, probably it is bad. I definitely need to get better on like having time out. I don't think I ever have time out. Like I don't, I don't go to the gym. I should go to Pilates. Mm. Like I'm very bad at like pulling myself out of it. But it, it doesn't bother you that you It don't... doesn't bother me. So... Well, maybe it does. And I th- Adam sometimes says like, you know, like you should have some time away from the business. Mm. And we've stopped drinking recently and it has been life-changing. Mm. I'm like just clear-headed. Not that we were alcoholics or anything like that, mm. but just, you know, still in like my party girl era a little bit, um, but fully came out of it and just head is clear. So now I feel like... It's like we're spending more quality time together with the kids and there's like we went to the zoo on Sunday, for example, and that was like time away from work. Mm. Um, like I think like that's sort of what we're doing at the moment, which I'm really enjoying. We just went to Europe without the kids for a month. That was amazing. Yeah, I mean we picked these big like moments when, you know, business is growing, going down this path with something that's happening and we will make sure, okay, after that when that's finished, let's go and do this for two days. So you have a sprint? Yeah. So we'll, let's, uh, yeah. let's sprint into let's this. Let's sprint into a sale. Let's mm-hmm. sprint into a new product launch. And then when it's done and it's finished, let's just take a breath and go somewhere. So who came up with the idea? The idea of a perfume and where did it happen? Do you remember the day or the time or the, the period? Yes, almost exactly. So I've got to tell a little bit of a backstory about yeah. it to get to where we need to go. But I went to Coachella in 2017. And with, where was that being held? Um, in California. California, Coachella, yep. Yeah. Um, so I was going there. I was 23, just going with my group of best friends. Um, and Adam, coincidentally, we had just started dating. So he coincidentally had the exact same trip booked. Same oh, really? dates. Same dates, same, same hotel, hotels. same no. everything. Yeah. Six. What the fuck? So it was weird. weird. It was weird. So he was going on a Bucks party. So he's told all the boys, guys, there's a bunch of girls from Cronulla coming. Like, I can't change. Like, they, and they're like, tell them to fucking change it. And he's like, I can't get them to change it. <laughs> so that is where we definitely fell in love. Mm. Um, but it was at that trip that one of the girls that came along with us, um, that was a friend of a friend, um, she just smelled amazing. And I think it was like day two or day one of Coachella. I said, Tiff, like you smell amazing. What are you wearing? And it was just this little oil fragrance from India. So I started wearing it and I took a photo of it. So strong. And I just, I don't know, like I was 23, like I didn't really care about fragrance at the time, but this smell just intoxicated me. And I kept thinking about it. And because I had taken a photo of it, I tracked it down when I got home to Sydney. And then I just started wearing it like around Adam and, you know, my friends when I would go out and people, like, complete strangers were coming up to me on the street, up in bars, tapping me on the shoulder and asking, excuse me, but what fragrance are you wearing? Here. 
in Sydney and it would happen for about three or four weeks. And then one, one day I turned to my friend, Matt, and I said, cause I went to Coachella with him. Um, and I just said, we should make a perfume. It was kind of like a drunken idea, <laughs> but, and it just like stuck in my mind. And then, um, I started like researching, how do you make a perfume? I need to find a perfumer because it's like a big science degree, which didn't really want to go and do um because it would, would have taken six years I think um and then I found a perfumer in Sydney and I sh- showed him that fragrance that I found at Coachella and he just sort of like steered me away from making something so exotic because it I guess it might not be loved by the masses of people because it was it is quite unique and along the way he taught me about ingredients and how to mix certain ingredients and what elevates what and then about Two months later, we had created what is now His Her. So we launched with His Her in October 2018. So it's nearly our fifth birthday. And that was our bestseller for three years. We've sold tons of it, like little right. tons. It's crazy. Then how did you get to the perfume that you now have? I get asked this a lot, actually, like, why did you decide to do it? And I, it, I wish I was could say I was, I was maybe ahead of the time, but... I, I generally liked more masculine fragrances or colognes myself. So I just started making fragrances that I liked myself. And when I started looking into the fragrance industry, it was, you know, very much this is for her and this is for him. And I just sort of thought, well, I like wearing what they're saying is for him. So I'm just not going to put a label on it. And it's just for anybody. So it wasn't like some big survey you went out and did and you said, no. okay, people were like, you know, we want a gender neutral um, no. perfume. We're still scent. yet to do any surveys. No surveys done ever. <laughs> um, it was honestly just research, like going into a David Jones store, for example, and just sort of like seeing how people are labeling a fragrance. And I just thought it was weird or not correct. So when did you come up with the saying, which is very, very clever, who is Elijah? And where the word <laughs> Elijah come from? Uh, so um, my friend Matt, who I was at Coachella with, he is the one that introduced me to Tiff, who had the perfume. So we actually started this together and he wanted to call it Raquel and Elijah just because he really likes the name Elijah. Okay. Elijah has never been. That's a boy's name, yeah. I think is so. It? Yeah, so he wanted to call it Raquel and Elijah. I was never keen on using my own name. I don't know why. I just thought it was a bit cocky. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Um, and a uh, long story short, we, he didn't want to, I guess he didn't fully believe that this was going to turn into something. He had his own full-time job and I, there was just something inside of me that wanted to like push forward with this. And then, so we amicably stopped the business together. I went and got a new ABN and then one day I was just sitting at my desk and I was just said, who the fuck is Elijah? That's what I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know either. And, but I just, I said it, I said, who the fuck is Elijah? And I just, then I obviously took the swearing out of it and who is Elijah? And I just thought it was really cool because I didn't want to, you know, we're not French. We don't, we're not creating a French perfumery and I wanted, wanted it to stand out on the shelf because I had, you know, big competition on the shelves that I wanted to get on one day and, yeah, it just really stuck. And I'm so, glad I did because it's our most asked question. Yeah, it's it. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So I'm back from a break and we've been talking about where did, who is Elijah come from? Um, I just want to make a comment in relation to the name Elijah. Many years ago, I sat down with, uh, um, I was actually on an aeroplane. I, was, I happened to be sitting next to um, Branson and I uh, asked him about the name Virgin. This is before I come up with the name for Wizard. And he told me that um, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter whether people like your name or hate your name, as long as um, people remember your name. And in terms of mem- remembering a name of a brand, um, you've got to look for strong sounds. V I R, R is a strong sound. Gin is a strong, strong sound. V is a strong sound. Virgin is a, you know, conjures up all sorts of emotions. Um, particularly at the time he launched it. Um, and Wizard, I did the same sort of thing. Um, uh, Elijah to me has the same sort of uh, phonetics. Um, Elijah is a strong sounding word. It's also a bit exotic as a word. It sort of uh, conjures up Middle East to me. Mm. Um, or it's something that I'm not used to. I've never known Elijah. Um, maybe. I don't think so, no. Um, so that name is pretty powerful. Did you realize how powerful the name was at the time? No, but I remember this story. I remember listening to you saying the the Virgin story. I think it was on the podcast episode that you did with Blair Jane from Bondi Sands. And I had already, we had already called it Who is Elijah, but it really got me thinking and I was like, shit, am I one of those names? So now to hear you say it is kind of full circle. But um, I think what I liked about it was that comparing it to the other names of fragrance brands in David Jones or Mecca or Sephora were very different and different was good because I guess unknowingly we were putting ourselves up towards these like very long-standing heritage brands that you know the Dior's the Dolce Gabbana's and we just straight away stood out which I think was so important. You won't remember you guys maybe maybe Adam might but there was a very famous advertising campaign that could launched around the world for Tommy Hilfiger and it was who is Tommy? Oh, okay. Yeah, and it was on the side of the buses and no one in Australia knew who Tommy Hilfiger was because it wasn't even in Australia and they ran the campaign for a long time and the, uh, everybody started asking the question, who is Tommy? Okay. okay. When I put Wizard on the front of the State of Origin jerseys, mm. I just put Wizard. Mm. People were asking the question, who's Wizard? Okay. I didn't say, I didn't, I didn't put it in front of them, but people mm. say, who the hell's Wizard? Yeah. Who is Elijah is constantly asking the question mm-hmm. and people are trying to attach an answer to it. Mm. So it's a strong name at the end. But the who is, I think, is extraordinarily powerful mm. as part of a name <laughs> and because it, it's asking the question mm. all the time. Mm. And then that's why people ask you the question, who is Elijah? But they're also, mm. also saying, who is who is Elijah? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I think it's – and sometimes, you know, it's funny. We fall into this groove. We don't know. It, it doesn't mean that the thing's going to sell or continually sell because then that comes down to the quality of the product mm. and the pricing and all that mm. other stuff. But it gets people interested mm. to yeah. at least put it in the, in the consideration set yeah. of mm. things I might try. Or I go to, as you say, David Jones, mm. or I see all the different things and, oh, that's interesting. I might not have heard about it. I might not have seen any of your e-commerce marketing, et cetera. 
but I might say, oh, I wouldn't mind trying. So at least I might pick it up and yeah. put, put, smell it or whatever, put it on my resume. Yeah. I don't know how have you guys have you try these things out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's I, – I, I actually – I've always thought when um, I've thought about your name, who's Elijah, I've always been incredibly curious about it and 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 it's good, to be frank with you, that um, you don't necessarily have the mathematics and – have applied the intellect to it that I just tried to explain. Mm. But at the same time, you felt um, instinctively that this was the right name. Mm. You know, that's your instinct. Geniuses. (laughs) Genius, instinctive genius Mm. is a thing. Mm. And some people just have instinctive genius. Mm. And it might only ever do it once. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I try to repeat the wizard experience in the name Yellow Brick Road and Yellow Brick Road does not resonate as well as wizard does. Just Mm. doesn't. Um, I thought it would, but it, it it just it just hasn't. And sometimes you only ever do it once. Mm. But nonetheless, you have done it through instinct. Mm. Uh, mine was more because I'd already spoken to brands and I tried to invent it. But yeah. um, and and I sort of did. But I, I I had a bit of a sporting thing going on because you know mm. wizards in the field. Because you know a lot of times at footy, someone's referred to as a wizard with a ball, etc. So I, I was playing that game. But what you did was uh, instinctively genius. I mean, I, I really love the name. So let's get mm. to the fragrance. Yes. Itself um, of the product. So you, how many SKUs do you have these days? I've got five in front of me, I think. So we've got 10 fragrances in three different sizes, um, but 10 fragrances at the moment. Can you tell you. me about the packaging? Um, so it's actually new. We rebranded uh, early this year and launched this new packaging in Feb- January. I think mm. it was January. And what's behind it? Um, I think I, well, I started who was Elijah when I was 23 and – I'm nearly close to 30 now. I've matured. I, you know, the brand has matured. So it was just, uh, I guess, elevating the brand and becoming the brand that we want to become. How would this compare, for example, to the previous packaging? Is, mm-hmm. it, is it about environmental stuff? Is it about ease of opening or is it about plain, being plain like white? As, oh, it as just looks as... so much nicer. nicer. <laughs> yeah, we, we had a lot of problems with the previous packaging. Yeah. We had these big black square boxes and the way they displayed on shelf wasn't amazing, mm. didn't really stand out. They were big, they were bulky. So, so this is about merchandising. Merchandising, that's right. And um, just getting new branding, elevating the product, but mm. it stemmed from problems we were having with with the previous packaging. so is this more about more a solution to the problems you had before or is this merchandising you decided from you know research or whatever it is that this will be attract the eye against all the other stuff that sits on the stands mm. more readily i think definitely like 50 50 like the packaging problems that we had with our previous packaging was nightmare mm-hmm. like it was for years, I can't believe we didn't do it sooner. Uh, so that's like been a big plus and a big time save, a big money save. So, so, so there's margin in this, yeah. additional yeah. margin. Yeah. yeah. Speed to market. Is it easier to get this stuff to yes. Australia because you make you put it together here or you put yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, it's all made by hand here in Australia in Town Point. The, yeah, the, the, the perfume pack- or the packaging? The perfume. perfume. Yeah. The packaging comes from China. The bottles come from China, but the fragrance itself is made in Sydney. And then we bring it all into our warehouse. And we have a team of girls that fill the bottle. Put the label on it. Put it in the the uh, packaging. Right. So, and pack, packaging. What's interesting about packaging is if um if you're going to do a campaign, mm. you got to know that you've got enough of the product. Yeah. And it's not just the perfume, but the product is about mm. the whole box, mm. everything. And you have got to make sure you have got enough packaging. Yeah. And coming from China, sometimes it can be yeah. an issue because you know because you get supply chain chokes. Yeah, we had a lot of that through COVID and everything. We were growing right in the middle of COVID, so we were just 
air freighting and doing everything, whatever we could to get product here so we could support the growth of the business. Once we sort of came out of that, we put some really good things in place with different suppliers so that we could always have product readily available at scale here um, with connections to our, our Chinese warehouses. So we put that together and I think it's really important in the early days to have really strong connections with your suppliers because mm -hmm. it can make or break you, absolutely. Does that mean you go to China to resolve these things? Did you have to go into China to talk to the people who are making the, the supplying we stuff? We haven't yet, but we are talking about going yeah, next year. Yeah, we'll go next year. year, but it's all done, you know, WhatsApp and video calls and everything. Um, so it's quite a – once you get into the thick of it and you, you know the suppliers, the manufacturers, the people that are responsible, mm -hmm. then, you know, it's quite um, – business as usual sort of conversations but yeah it's still big units of product we're shipping thousands and thousands and thousands of these things every week so it's, it's big from, from australia to other places yeah to like to the u.s for example yeah you, you're supplying the u.s now because you've just come back from the u.s haven't you that's right yeah. yeah so we're in australia the u.s the uk and new zealand and new zealand right mm. so it does smell exotic i, I can't say whether it's male or female you're right mm. I, I would say it's a, a female perfume no. um we say it's got a good balance between masculine and feminine. Yeah, I mean, I don't wear because, um, you know, I don't wear aftershave perfume because I mean, I'm allergic to stuff like that. But, like, but it's, it's I'll probably break out in a rash now, but no, no I'm just joking. I'm not that allergic, but, like, it, it does annoy my skin. But this business has become more more about, more than just your, you know, initial um, uh, inspiration coming out of Coachella to produce a, a perfume. I mean, it's one thing to produce the perfume and get the perfume scientists, whatever they call mm -hmm. these guys, individuals, to make this or give you help you with the formula, etc. Um, but it's it's you become a manufacturer mm -hmm. and a logistics company. Yeah, mm -hmm. we were we are a logistics company that sells perfume. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It's because it's there's heavy weight, it's crazy on the logistics. Yeah, because you get orders from I don't know whoever Walmart or something like that, and uh, they want I don't know. Fifty thousand bottles. I mean, what next because, week? And they because yes. they won't they won't stock you unless you can supply them. Mm. Mm. So we say yes. We always yeah. say yes. <laughs> and we yeah. figure it out. And then you scramble. Yeah. Because I think Priceline's first order with us was how many bottles? Like forty thousand. Forty thousand units. Priceline here in Australia. Yeah. yeah. And if you don't supply them and yeah. can, can continue. and if it does really well and <laughs> continue mm. to fill the shelves. Yeah, they'll move you out because mm. the shelf space is very valuable to them. Mm. They'll put someone else there. What's the split of tasks? How does it work? I create the product uh, so and I manage retail. So I do all of our retail partnerships, create the products, and then we've just started hiring. We hired four people last week, which mm. was amazing. So that has alleviated a lot of my tasks. To, to help you out? To help the business, but it has taken quite a bit off my plate. Like I've doing social media up until tomorrow. I'm the social media manager. You have the connections with the retailers. Yeah. Therefore, you have to do the pitch in the beginning yeah. to get them on side and then it's you're the connection. So if something goes wrong or yeah. you want to find it, it's and the first point of contact. you're the person you're going to call. Yeah. That's one. Two, obviously retailers expect marketing backup. Mm. They're not going to shelve you on, put you on the shelf unless you're doing a certain amount yeah. of marketing. That's your deal. Um, and we do have our creative content manager, Jazz, who does a lot of that for me. Um, but so she she does most of that for us. But I then and translating that onto like our socials and making sure that our, you know, that's where retailers are going and looking first is our social media. So making sure that looks appealing to everyone. Yeah. What does Adam do? What are you doing, Adam? 
Everything else. Everything else. <laughs> a <laughs> lot more. A, uh, yeah, so I run all the operations, um, build all the structure, all the boring business stuff that's the fun stuff for me. But yeah. build the team, structure the team. Really, the way I sort of say it is I want Raquel to be able to be as free-spirited and as go and go like crazy, build great products, have huge marketing campaigns, go and do it, and I will build underneath you. Right, so you're, you're the like a... Uh... As I often say about my brother and I, I cut ESOs. Yes. Um, she cuts you so. In this instance, yes. You're stitching yep. up behind her. Yep. Mate, and, um, you know, uh, you're um, uh, making sure there's no trail left That's behind. That's right. <laughs> Not too many dead bodies. Not too many dead bodies, yeah. yeah. But, no, it works really well. Um, I love building things, um, and she loves being creative. So that's been really great. We have we never really cross over in any any issues we do have obviously team talks and big conversations about things but she'll come to the table with i want to launch this product at this time and i'll be like "Fuck, okay. yeah when are we gonna fit like, that in? when are we gonna fit that in and i'll just look at her and I'm like, all right so go back to the team all right this is what we're doing so let's just have a look at um okay how have you funded this so how you guys have been funding it um uh, self-funded it ourselves the whole yep. way um okay. no, par- no partners yet or no partners any intentions to get partners we did have someone offer to come in um, about six months ago. Oh, less. Less, three months ago. Um, the partnership would have been okay at the time. It was a good deal if they decided to take it, but um, we were really glad we didn't take it. Mm. We've In the last six months, it's probably worth talking about the – at the start of the year, we were really struggling. Um, the brand was growing. Calendar every, year. Calendar year, mm. um, January. We were really struggling – um, from November last year, we had like best November ever, and I decided, <laughs> I decided that I would move us in a different direction with some marketing agencies, and we had really bad experience with a couple of agencies. We were also launching into the UK at this time. That went belly up because of mistakes that we made with the partner that we went with, and everything was just going to shit <laughs> in January, mm. February this year. Financially. The finance, product was good. Cash flow wise. Yeah, cash flow wise, we were in a problem. And Raquel and I we went to lunch and were sitting out the front of a price sign in Miranda. And she looked at me, she's like, What do you reckon about price line? I'm like, I don't know too much about it, whatever. At that stage, you weren't in price line. At that stage, we weren't in price line. And the next day, we go home. She calls me, she's at home and she's in tears. She's like, Everything's breaking. What's going on? What are we going to do? It's terrible. And I'm like, all right, we're going to go fire the agencies, get get out of this contract with the UK. I'm going to go back to the team. We're going to fix it all. Don't worry about it. And then I, by the time I left, left the house to go home, she called me again in happy tears. And I'm like, <laughs> what happened? She's like, price sign rang and they put in 40,000 unit order. order. They need it in six weeks and 30 day payment terms. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so a new problem, but a good new one. problem, right? Yeah. So we got this big cash injection from them, um, which was great. They pay you up front, so to speak, or, they, or it a was, percentage. Thirty days, it, it end was, of following month. Yeah, thirty days, um, end of month. So we had the product in hand, so we could get it to them. We just had to get the team going. And additionally, at that time, we brought on an advisor, um, Paul, who I think some of your clients have spoken about before. Um, he's amazing. He just calmed us down. I took on the Facebook ads from the agencies and was like, fuck it, it can't be that hard. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to do it. And we, I did it. We ran this huge, big end of financial sale and we killed it. Like uh, we did 6,000 orders in, in uh, the first 24 hours, huge. So we had Priceline come in 
And then this big sale come in, we had all this cash all of a sudden. So to your point about how we got this to this mm. point, we struggled to that, that point. And then really in June this year, it was like, bang, we're at this new point, new levels, let's go. Where are you at now? I mean, you've got your 10 different um, mm. uh, per, uh, scents, if that's the word, fragrances. <laughs> yep. That's probably a bit of it. Um, and you've got a, a number of SKUs. You've now got Priceline. Who else you got in terms of distribution? Around the world, so uh, Urban Outfitters um, in the US, which is big. Anthropology, they're pretty big in the US. Um, free people. Free people in the US. Uh, we're on Beauty Bay in the UK. Um, ASOS. ASOS in the UK. So, ASOS has on ASOS Online. ASOS yeah. Online, yeah. So... Um, what about Sephora? I mean, I, I seem to remember we're in Sephora in Australia. In Australia, yeah, yeah. Um, we are talking to Sephora Canada at the moment. If you're listening, <laughs> um, oh, there will be for sure. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. No, we're number 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 seven in Canada. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, so we're in Sephora Australia. David Jones, um, Adore Beauty, uh, the iconic. There's not really anywhere that we're not. Where were you in trudging around in New York and London? So yeah, I mean, mm. I saw you London dragging a bag behind you. With stuff <laughs> In it, which obviously is your bag of goodies. Yes. Where were you? Who were you going to try and see? I mean, so which... this is actually a really good story. Mm. So this is one of my crazy ideas that I had at four a.m. I text Adam um, and I said, "Hey, um, I'm going to fly to London next week," because I woke up at two a.m. because the baby was crying, and I looked at my phone, and I had been talking to Boots. You know, yep, you know, I know, you know the Boots? chemist. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, we had been talking to Boots, so I had sent them samples, and they received them and loved them, but then they said one of the roadblocks was that we're not in demand there and shelf space is limited. So they save that for products that are in demand already. Yep. And so I was like, fuck, I'm going to go make myself in demand. So I flew over there with Jasmine, my marketing girl, and we went to a few different boots locations and stood out the front and handed out our discovery set samples. At the front of the store? At yeah. front of the cool, store. I love that. All of the boots employees were running out and coming out and getting it and hasn't haven't got a yes yet, but haven't got a no either. Um, but yeah, hopefully. Would we you get say them. being cheeky is important? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, or is it something more like actually cre creating um, an adventure and being prepared to cop the consequences? Like, mm. yeah. we never what do anything say? too ask naughty. For... Oh, yeah, ask for forgiveness, not permission. Yeah, that's right. Never yeah. ask for permission. Mm. Just always ask for forgiveness. I yeah. mean, that's a good one. That one, I, I like that also. <laughs> but I mean, it is a bit of a sometimes being cheeky. Um, and if you're not doing, if you're doing a right thing, you're not doing a mm. bad thing. Mm. Um, it will get attention. Um, mm. I mean, I used to do that in the wizard days. I mean, I remember one time we hired a tank and went down the An army tank. Army, army tank. <laughs> and you we can just hire them. Yeah, you can hire them. We rented one. I don't know how <laughs> we did it, but we someone did it for me. And we went we wizard days, and we went into Martin Place okay. with the tank to promote a, a, <laughs> new, work. a new interest rate. We got kicked out, um, cops and all that sort of stuff, but. <laughs> you know, and that's very Richard Branson. Mm -hmm. um, and you probably couldn't do it today. But like being cheeky, I think Richard Branson style. But at the same time, being respectful. Mm. I think that's a thing that we all got a bit. We've all got a bit scared of, and uh, mm. because you know, we're everybody's worried about getting cancelled, and mm. you know, am I sort of overstepping the mark? Mm. And who's sensitive to this? And you know, who am I offending? Sometimes you've got to be prepared to be a bit nervous about mm. making a, like offending someone or yeah. something. Mm. And I think that still works. Uh, we have the most success when we do things like that um and it feels good too oh it feels good and it's mm. cool it's like it's good content it's good story to tell it's something different and you know there's you know i'm not never even try to say that you know the fragrance industry needed who is elijah there's so many fragrances out there but i think it's cool that we're doing something very different to a lot of these fragrance brands like i don't see 
many other fragrance brands doing what we are doing and it's cool and I actually got the idea for the um, the London thing from Estee Lauder so day one Estee Lauder all of the department stores were telling her no we don't want your product and so one day she went to I forget which one it was like Barnes and Noble or something and so she got a fragrance bottle she smashed it on the ground and everyone was running over to help her but they were like wow this smells really good <laughs> yeah, so the department store took took her in and mm. that's how she got to, well, I mean, Estee Lauder, everyone knows Estee Lauder. You know, I think there's a lot of even just Australian brands like at the beginning of Who Is Elijah, all I would do is listen to podcasts like, mm. and get inspiration from like Bondi Sands. Like they're, what they've done is amazing outside of the norm. And I think I actually look a- away from the fragrance brands and industry more so because we want to be doing something different. So looking at what other cool brands are doing and putting our own twist on it. So and that's the obvious question to me to ask you. Um, obviously, we're talking about fragrance, but who is Elijah? It doesn't say we are a perfume. It doesn't say so-and-so perfume. It says who is Elijah. So therefore, you're, 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 you've built a platform that allow you to go anywhere you mm. want, mm. related to beauty, for example. Yeah. Um, what are you guys thinking about? What's after this? You know, face cream, lip balm, I don't know. What, what are we talking about here? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's Adam has been saying this for a while, actually, like we should start branching out. Um, and you th- all of that costs a lot of money. Hmm. Um, so I think we're now getting to a stage where we can, like, really start looking at branching out and doing other products. Um, I mean, we've got a collaboration coming up. I can't say who it's with, but it is in that body care range. So I think that might be like the push in that direction that will give us the confidence to take a leap and do it. Not that we need the confidence, but the push. So at what point, though, do you say, or maybe this is what Adam might say or Mm -hmm. somebody might say, hang on, stick to your lane, get this mm-hmm. right first, let's get the volumes to a certain level mm-hmm. before we get distracted on something else. Mm-hmm. Or, do you, or, or, do you, or, or is it important always to be thinking about and maybe going the next step exploring and maybe going the next step investing a little bit of capital? Where well, do you, when, when do you draw the line and where do you draw the line and who's the person in this relationship who says, no, stick to what we're doing? <laughs> um, well, we've done something... We're about to do something crazy. Yeah. Well, no, it's not really crazy, but I was doing my makeup one day and um, I actually used to work at Model Co with Shelly, who I know that yep. you're friendly yep. with. Well, Shelly's been on the show too. Yeah. Um, so I worked there like when I was 20, so a long time ago now. But I've like like retained all of the knowledge that I learned there. I mean, she runs an amazing business. Um, and I was doing my makeup one day and I was using Model Co and I just sort of thought like, why? There's no, what other perfumes are out there that are at that lower price point? that are nice that aren't those like $14 Britney Spears fragrances that were made 20 years ago. And so long story short, we're actually about to launch a new perfume brand called Perfume X. So we're staying in our lane, but we're creating a different range. For and a different for a different audience. Though. A different yeah. audience. Yeah. And it's is it price point driven? The audience is about price point? Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. a it's, so we're targeting that sort of like I, I keep saying like the late teens to and beyond so the price point is you know it's suited to late teens and early 20s um they're a, a lot younger type of fragrance like who is elijah is quite mature i think of a fragrance so these new fragrances are quite young and 
not too heavy and the price point's amazing. Are you um, taking guidance from Elon Musk um, mm-hmm. in, in calling one of his kids X or uh, <laughs> where does that come from? Adam yeah. actually came up with the name, didn't mm. he? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You, you decided yeah. to call it X. Yeah. We we were talking about it. We, we, go, we were at home on a Sunday and she's like, came down from upstairs and she's like, we're doing this. I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's a five minute doing? meeting in my head. What are we doing? <laughs> she's like, we're going to do younger, colorful, bright, mm. this, this. I'm like, mm, perfume. Perfume X, and we thought of some cool like names, which you know I still want to do one of them, the house party. Um, but <laughs> um, yeah, it just was like, what are we going to do? It needs to be like broad. It needs to not be like specific because this younger crowd are very broad, um, and it needs to be bright and colourful. And let's just go with Perfume X. It's intriguing. It's confusing, and you know it, it'll at least give on the shelf next to Britney Spears. It'll look. Very different. X is a bloody good name. I, I mean, it couldn't mean anything. Yeah. It's yeah, whatever that, you decide to put in front of it. Yeah, that's right. And if we build a brand behind the, you know, Perfume X, then we can really start from the ground up. We're not really in any place yet and it can be curious for everyone. So, Well, it is a bit like who is Elijah because, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it, that's, Elijah's nearly a non-gender name. Like, yeah. it, to us, we don't live in that, that Middle East environment where it's probably a more popular name if yeah. it is at all. Um, and uh, you, you sort of allowed yourself that territory. Even when I look at the packaging, to me, that's generalist packaging. Yeah, it's not pink. It's mm-hmm. not blah blah. You know, it's not yep. blue. <laughs> yeah, yep. um, it doesn't have uh, you know famous actor or actress on the front of it. it doesn't have you know George Clooney for the yep. boys and uh, yeah, Britney Spears for girls. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it looks very purposeful. This whole thing mm. it looks to me very purposeful. And I think you know something like it, it sounds like a good idea to me. Mm. But you're right. It's got to be. Uh, it's got to appeal to the younger people, so probably not this packaging. It's going to be yeah. something quite Different. colourful or something like that. It's yeah. colourful. It's yeah. more about the packaging than anything yeah. else. Um, yeah. Oh well, that's cool. Why don't I get that? Yeah. That's very good. So, okay, you got your business. You had a, you, you had a, a crappy start at twenty twenty three, but it's kicked on. Mm. You are now, you know, uh, chancing your hand in you know as many places you possibly can, and you talk about you know getting over there to the UK and trying to get into the various chemist pharmacy stores mm. that they have over there and you've you know pl- done a little bit of you know played a few adventures out the front etc and you these may come off may not come off you've got your export business you're a logistics company you're going okay with a cash flow you've got a few more new products you mentioned something really interesting about bondo sands mm. you said and they sold for a whole lot of money which they did um mm. a, a crazy number mm. whether or not they get it today or not it's a different matter um but they sold a big japanese group and what's the do you guys like and i think this is important but an important question for sure do you guys think about the end game and ultimately the end game means what's my exit mm. as entrepreneurs which you are the business people which are entrepreneurs too do you think about the exit yeah absolutely um what does it mean to you thinking about an exit i mean do you, you start to build exit options or exit mm. rules i think what we build what we are building um from a structure point of view anyway is i think in any business you have to be ready to leave not to leave but but to exit because you're going to get at one point you are not going to be in that business whether you get to 100 years old and then you, you're gone at some point you're out and getting extracting the most amount of value out of that business at that point in time is the purpose of business, right? Um, that's why you're there. That's why you're there. And I think some people shy around the fact that, you know, there's this big opportunity to make money. 
Um, and obviously, we're building a great product and an audience to do that. But when I look at some of the great stories, the recent stories, Culture Kings, you look at the guys from Sweat, Toby, those guys, I really look up to those guys and see, okay, what did Simon from Culture Kings do to get a $600 million valuation? So I'll go and I'll look at the numbers. They were doing $120 million in revenue, 15% net profit, and they had this huge brand. And brand. they had a multiple that got applied and they, against mm-hmm. the, the revenues or the profits, one of the two. That's right. So the multiple, as we know, comes down to brand and the, the value of the whole entity. And the stage at which you end. That's so right. So like if you're at the saturation point. Yeah. Your multiple is going, going to be lower. lower. But if you're building to the saturation point, your yep. multiple is going to be higher. That's right. So I look at those numbers. I think, can we get to $150 million in revenue at 20% net profit? Absolutely. So if we're going to head to that, then that is going to be on the cards at some point. What do we need to build today to make sure if that does come along and LVMH comes along and says, here's $700 million, we don't need to make sure there's no blockers for them at that point. So what you're saying, Adam, is, and I'm always, I'm, I preach this to them, you know, like I'm blue in the face, always be ready for sale. Yeah. And ready for sale means you want to, mm. you're interested because mm. it might be not, when someone taps you on the shoulder, it won't be when you're thinking about doing mm. it. It'll be when they're ready. Yeah. And you don't determine when they're ready. That's right. They say, we want to do due diligence. Mm. You want to say, here it is. Yeah. Mm. There's a DD room online or whatever it is. Yep. Or in physical. Um, yeah, and it makes sense for you to know who the potential buyers are, mm. LVM, LVMH or whoever. Mm. I mean, you've obviously done the research on who are the buyers of these things. You've obviously done the research on what what the multiples are. You know mm. you know what the numbers you want to achieve, ultimate enterprise value. Yep. So you know what number you need to drive towards in terms mm. of turnover. Um, and therefore, that, that then tells you, where else you need to go to to get that turnover? That's You're not right. going to get it here in Australia. Yeah, so it's mm. probably not big enough. So you need to venture into at least one other place in a big way. Yeah, boots in the UK or those places you mentioned in the US. Um, yeah, that, that's that's a good strategy. And you're mm. not shy about. I mean, do you ever get embarrassed? Well, put another way, you shouldn't be embarrassed. But mm. do you ever feel, oh shit, I probably don't really want to tell anyone that yeah. because they might go all. Oh, Depend, it ass, depends you know. who you're talking to. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, talking with you, I can talk like this. Yeah, yeah. Um, talking with my friends from home that are chippies, um, they don't know what I'm talking about. Hmm. Um, also, you I, don't want to alienate people. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I just think it's a conversation that should be had amongst all organizations, no matter how big you are, that at some point, you know, I sold one of my other businesses. I had to get that ready for sale quickly. It was very stressful. Learning from that was like, okay, we've got this great opportunity with this brand now, five years runway, six years runway. Mm. How are we going to do it at that point? And, you know, I think there's always the opportunity for us to, to just continue to build a huge, big perfume brand and have Perfume X and this one and this one and this one. Um, but build them all to have as much value as they possibly can at any one point in time. That should be the goal for everyone. That's definitely how I think day to day. What are the risks and what do you did you mm. identify and how do you manage those? What sorts of things you put in place to, or thinking about putting in place perhaps to manage those things? Mm. I think the only risk that comes to mind for me, I mean, I don't really think about this as mm. much as I probably should, <laughs> but I mean, the headaches that I think about that could turn into risk is just like our inventory management. If one of our suppliers shut down, like we need to have somewhere else to go straight away, mm. which I think we're, we're so pretty diversification. good at that. So mm. diversity yeah. in mm. terms of supply and also 
and also shelf. Mm. Which shelves you sell on? I mean yeah. that that so diverse, diversifying is probably the only thing you can do about that. Mm. Yeah, and making sure you fulfill. Yeah, yeah, yeah the logistics right. are right. You don't you don't put yourself in a position where you put yourself at risk because the you can't uh, satisfy the logistics requirements mm. yeah. or fulfillment. Yeah, yeah. Anything else? I think brand. You know, you see a lot of people. You said before people getting cancelled mm. and and different things happening these days. I think today's world more than ever, especially at somewhat of a scale especially as we go to the next level of scale all the eyeballs are on you for every every mistake that can come your way they're looking for the mistakes they're mm. looking for the mistakes as we get bigger we're not this you know we started in the garage went to a shed now we're here it's once we get to these new facilities and these new places and these bigger 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 we have all of these other un, unknown unknowns that that we don't we haven't seen before mm. so really i think the way we mitigate the risk is by bringing in people that have significantly done this before and it's a walk in the park for them mm. so we're actively always looking for this significantly experienced people from an advisory level to come in and help um but i think the brand is the most important aspect mm. as we go forward the product is obviously the product it can't be wrong but going forward we have to have this global brand stay connected otherwise we just sort of fade off into the wind i mean in terms of um brand relevance um does that mean and and you mentioned before raquel you haven't done much of this so far but at some stage you start to i don't want to use the word focus groups because i hate the term but mm. like start to reach out and survey mm. how do i maintain the uh, who's elijah as a relevant mm. brand, whether it's packaging or the messaging that you give about it, or is at some stage you need to build a really logical, well-researched product position and mm. brand position to make sure you satisfy the numbers? I'm always like looking at trends definitely, in term, not in terms of product but more so how we're representing ourselves on the social like media platforms. Like we're very late to the party with TikTok, for example, because I just – didn't understand TikTok myself, but I've learned it recently and we've got someone starting tomorrow that will take over our social media and she's amazing what she's done for other companies in the past. So I think for, sort of further to what Adam was saying is bringing in people that are, you know, champions in that space and can do a lot better of a job than what we can do. Like yesterday or Monday we had someone start, Bridget, and um, she actually resigned from Priceline and she was the buyer that brought us into Priceline and we heard that she left Priceline and we brought her on our team now. So she's now leading, she's our global sales account manager now. And Adam and I sat there with like our, what's that saying? She, like she the, she's 30, uh, she's 20, my age. 29. And it was like she was speaking a different language to us. All of these like retail terms, we had no idea what she was talking about. We just looked like, so this, you have this somewhere? No. We don't know what that is. <laughs> but, it, you know, at my one of my favorite saying is if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Mm. And we're very like, we do not have any ego about us. Like we want to be the dumbest people in the room. Cause that means we've got better people in the room that are going to do a better job than us. Mm. That's good. That's, mm. that's actually a, a good way of dealing with it. A good mm. way of explaining it too. Yeah. Because it, it, it will be, there will be lots of challenges. Mm. I mean, when I don't mean bad things, but where you're going to be intellectually challenged or mm. experientially mm. challenged, you're going to say, well, I haven't seen that before. Mm. <laughs> How do I get around that? <laughs> and, the, but there's not many things that, haven't happened before yeah. so most there are enough people mm. if you have enough people around you one of them would have seen this before yeah. yes it might come out in a different format mm. but it's the same deal 
Yeah, I, I haven't seen that before in particular, but I saw this and this is how we dealt with it. Mm. Um, so that's smart, employing mm. smart people in your business. You, know, you can't beat it, and especially if you had some experience with them, mm. you know, in, in another format like the Priceline Girl. Yeah. Um, that, that makes sense to me. You know, well, good luck to you guys. I mean, I'm going to be watching this. I mean, I've already been watching you guys, but mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to be following it. I mean, I not only just for the family connection, but I, I really think what you've done, you have done so far, is really fantastic. Particularly given what you told us earlier on, Adam, about you know the beginning that she was pretty shitty, and that you've recovered. Um, that's a good story. Mm. Thanks, Amazing. Mark. Thanks for having us. Thank you. See you guys. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Mentor with Mark Boris. Audio and production is by Jessica Smalley. Production assistance Simon McDermott. This is a mentored podcast.